athletes take your mark get set it's time for the addict to athlete podcast everybody out there coach bill robinson here marissa our athletic director over there hey marissa hello everyone it's good to be here with you on this beautiful day spring is like seriously on the horizon it's coming early here it's and i'm happy. gorgeous out there Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for downloading, subscribing, and sharing this podcast. We really appreciate getting the new listeners based off of recommendations from you. So thanks for doing that, passing this on to anyone who might struggle with mental health, addiction. Uh, shoot, you name it. Addict to Athlete probably has a podcast to help it. Yes, we do. Marissa's been cataloging all of our podcasts for easy access on our website, addicttoathlete.org. And while you're there, why don't you swing by and check out our team store? Yes. We got some cool stuff in there. We have tons of new stuff, and we have even now just added our cycling collection. All of our cycling kit will be available there. And if you're listening to this now or currently, um, we're going to do a group cycling gear purchase, which will make it cheaper if you order and pay by, I think it's March 19th. March 19th. And then they will be delivered, I think, the first part of April. So if you're doing that, the more people order right now, the cheaper your thing gets. And then from there forward, we're probably just doing drop ship single and so yeah. it will cost more. But right now we're doing a group order. So get on an order. Yeah, we have a big team going down to do the tour of St. George cycling Spring event. Tour of yeah. St. George. We have some of our Telluride, Colorado athletes coming and it's gonna be great it's gonna be awesome you can check out all of these uh, calendar items team store all that stuff on addicttoathlete.org so yeah i hope you guys can jump on there and see what we've got we've got a lot of stuff on there to offer a lot of good content really good podcast blogs merchandise lots of fun stuff and information it's great well marissa you and i've been talking a little bit we just posted the bonus episode for the patreon family we'll talk about that a little bit later but Mm -hmm. um as we were kind of talking i was thinking about uh, some of the things that we unfortunately kind of hang on to the anchor of our past that keeps us stuck and it'd be like if you're running if you've ever ran with team addict to athlete we have this unofficial official mascot call him wally right? Yes. Wally is this old beat up tire that's hooked to a rope that ties around your waist. Yeah. And if, uh, if you have the strength, you can pull Wally through one of the races. I've done it several times. Athletes have done it. Yeah. And it's kind of this mascot, but it kind of represents nothing holding us back. You know, yeah. it's like you're training for something. You drag some tire for yeah. some resistance training. Resistance training. training. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Wally kind of became that little unofficial mascot. It's funny because no one ever wanted to be beat by Wally. No. Like if you're tugging Wally and you were running without Wally next to you, you wanted to finish before yeah, the tire Before did. the guy that's pulling a tire. Yeah, yeah. But or a it, girl. it does. It represents the things that no longer hold yeah. us back. What we've are the had, things that weigh us down? Yeah, we've had beautiful stories. I remember our athlete, Candy, mm-hmm. and she was uh, able to pull Wally once and yeah. just, you know, everyone wanted to. Wanted to take it from her. They're like, hey, yeah. let me take this burden she was from really you. Struggling. And she's like, no, it's my burden to bear. Yeah. And it was a representation not only of letting go of the past and the addiction, but it was also uh, a tribute to her brother. Yeah. That as hard as the death of her brother was, mm-hmm. she still was able to finish despite the resistance. Yeah, because we were doing a run specifically for, it was called the Run to Remember, um, mm-hmm. in remembrance of those who had passed. And her brother, I think, um, had died from suicide Mm -hmm. and she really wanted this to be her big erase and replace experience to be able to, you know, kind of honor him, work through some of the emotion 
of his loss and his oh. death that she had struggled with for so long. So she asked to pull the tire for that race. Yeah. You know, you mentioned our team philosophy, team addict to athletes philophy, erase the addiction, replace it with things of greater value. Yeah. Shorten that up, erase, erase and, and replace. replace. Yep. And what is, what does erase and replace mean to you? Because we might have some new listeners that are like, Hey, what is, what is that? It sounds yeah. catchy, but what is it? So it goes along with a lot of things, but with addiction specifically, if you go to erase the addiction, you leave a void there. And if you don't intentionally focus on what you can do to replace that void, it will be filled with something. Mm -hmm. And usually it's not always, if you're not doing it intentionally, it will not be healthy. Right. And you'll replace it with something unhealthy or easily bad old patterns will slip in. Intentionally. I like that. So we try to erase that addiction and replace it with something healthy something positive, but it goes along with everything. It goes along with erasing bad habits you have. It goes along with erasing negative experience, emotions that you have with experiences, with Mm -hmm. trauma, with everything. Erase and replace philosophy can help anyone, no matter what kind of history they have. Absolutely. And I I like that because that's actually like, like the definition of what this team stands for. So the beautiful thing about the way that we like to teach and the way that we like to promote Team Addict to Athlete is not just to leave addiction in your your rearview mirror there and just become a a world-class athlete. It's Mm -hmm. about change, about process. It's about growth. It's about balance, all these things. You know, a lot of people don't know about the race replace philosophy and so they'll say things like well i would love to support team addict to athlete but i don't want to get an addiction to running or working out like you're just switching addictions we've heard that before yes and again you can't really switch addiction to athletics very you know like they don't it's like apples and oranges it's you can't really relate them but our big focus too is is balance creating balance it's creating balance Mm -hmm. and so that yes you erase the addiction and then you replace it with things. things. We say multiple things of greater right. value. So mm-hmm. what are some things you can do to fill that void? Multiple things. Because again, if you just replace it with running and then you break your leg and you break your ankle or something, what do you do? All yeah. of a sudden that's gone and you're going to struggle. So Absolutely. you have running, you have other self-care, you have reading, maybe, you know, talking with family, going to therapy, going to a support group, um, your spirituality, maybe, you know, going to religious events. There's also service and family. And, you know, there's multiple positive things that we can replace those negative. Absolutely. Those negative things are are our past uh-huh. and a lot of times in in recovery we are sometimes forced or sometimes mm-hmm. try to avoid looking back yeah. and remembering and trying to deal with the past right yeah and you know you can't go back and change anything but what can you do you can change your future absolutely with what you're doing every day today yeah and forward you know holding on to the past can be a conscious decision just like letting go and moving forward can be a conscious decision and they need to be they if, need to be if we don't like i said intentionally do something things just fill it mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden we're like wow years later oh my gosh what have i done with my life or what have i been doing for the last you know yeah because you're not paying attention. It's part of that self-awareness we talk about a lot and how important self-awareness is. Yeah, that's actually in our list here. We wanted to share with you a few of the ideas that we came up with that will help you let go of the past and Mm -hmm. let it it be there, right? So a lot of us live vicariously back there, you know, and that's not what it's for. It's not supposed to be anchor. 
you know, you can use it as resistance training, mm-hmm. but we don't run with Wally every race either. No. Right. Cause that's the point is the resistance training is to make you stronger, stronger so that when you get rid of that tire, you get rid of the resistance you are faster, you're more free, you're more open. Mm -hmm. You know, as simple as it is, I'm a swimmer. I was a competitive swimmer growing up. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things we would do for resistance training when I was younger, now they have real official drag suits that they right. sew lots of extra pockets in so the water fills so water and slows fills you down. The pockets and slows you then down. we didn't and we would just wear, you know, as the chlorine deteriorated the suit, we wear three or four or five, six, seven suits as drag. Right. But we would also, men and women, we would grow out our arm hair, leg hair, you know what I mean? Creepy. And so I know. And not you think, okay, does <laughs> hair really slow you down? But then for state championships we would all shave uh-huh. and that helps with letting go of that drag, letting go of that resistance, and all of a sudden you feel different. And what's what's kind of cool is when you do swim, you dive in and you it feels so cool, so different when you shave. Yeah. And your body tries to go faster to try to help it feel like it used to. Yeah. But it's a positive change to be able to get rid of that resistance and that drag. Absolutely. So, so listeners, the, the resistance isn't always a bad thing. Mm-mm. We can use it for our, our, our progression forward if we're willing to let it go. Yeah. Because before we even start rocking and rolling with this, there's this funny little attribute that I've noticed, and it, it, it comes when people try to uh, create their own personality, their own persona around their abusive, neglected history. Mm-hmm. And you past. call it a secondary game. Yes. Right. And so what this is, is when people um, have based their life and created their story around their past. Mm-hmm. And they are this way because of what happened to them. Yeah. And so. Well, and they've lost that sense of self or being able to identify themselves because all they see and all they connect with is the trauma. Yeah. But again, because you've been with trauma or because you have a history of addiction, that is not who you are. No. It is part of your story. Yep. But it's not who you are. Absolutely. And we talk so about it's that important, a lot. important to create identity and self. Exactly. Exactly. Without those events. Which can be a little bit difficult because it's about self-discovery. It's about identifying who you are, who you're going to become, you know. Mm-hmm. Fake it until you make it. Fake it until you become it. Yes. Let's just practice, right? Practice. So we've come up with a list of of ideas that we thought would help you uh, let go of the past, progress forward, and then use that energy and lessons learned to create an amazing future. Yeah. So the first one I want to dive into, and I want to get your input on this because we've talked about this quite a bit, even you know with the youth we used to work with, mm-hmm. and that's kind of creating your own coat of arms or your own like mantra, right? To repeat mm-hmm. things in your head that that will kind of be like your 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 call to arms, so yeah. to speak, right? How you talk to yourself can really you know move you forward or or have you get stuck or, yeah. or pulled backwards, right? Those I am statements. Yeah. There are a lot of people that you know, early in recovery or just trying to change their life will write messages on their mirror, put post-it notes around to kind of remind themselves. Cause yeah, our subconscious wants to go back to the default of what we're used to the negative. And so to be able to create some of those positive thinking Mm -hmm. is put it around you. We have one athlete, Janae, that posts multiple like positive thoughts on our 
home base page, but also on her page all the time. And I think that's her way of like, this is my mantra today. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm thinking about. Absolutely. I think we all have to have this, this, um, this call to arms, so to speak, Mm -hmm. create that mantra, create that, uh, that call to arms where it's like, the time is now. The place is here. Yeah. You know, moving forward. Who we, am we ta- I? What am I doing? Where I remember I Jed and I we were out running the Pony Express, you know, fifty miler, and you know I was getting kind of bogged down. And Jed starts repeating the "I am a champion," uh, you know, speech. Yeah. He has almost that He's whole got memory thing memorized. memorized. Yeah. And as he was as he was talking, it I we picked up speed. And it's interesting that 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 positive, you know, mantra or that positive affirmation can really. It really does motivate. Yeah. If you believe in it. And and yeah. we do. And we did. And well, it works. Well, you think about the story when we were kids, the little engine that could. I think you know? I can. I, I think, think I can. can. Yeah. And that's Dory, how you, just keep swimming. Yeah. That's how you do it. And those are some of the simplest ones. And just come up with some of those things that help motivate you, encourage you, and keep you moving forward. Now, you know what's funny about that, too, is as you're saying that, those are mantras. Those yeah. are like those call to arms. I remember one time I was cycling over the the Nebo loop and, you know, Nebo, you know, just like 22 miles of climbing for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the first times I did it. And I remember just keep, I kept on repeating to myself, you know, like, like all the way to the top, all the way to the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a bunch of fault summits. So you yeah. get all the way to the top and then you have another all the way to the top. Yeah. Again. And but again. I remember it's funny because that, that wasn't just, you know, the, that wasn't the tattoo on your shoulder or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was just what I said that time. It really does work. Yeah. Right. Yeah, for sure. So the first thing is to, is to create that, that call to arms, create a mantra, create some kind of, of statement, you know, turn your mess into a message, whatever it is that's going to get you motivated to move forward. Yeah. The second one, and I like this, is putting some physical distance between you and whatever is holding you back, yes. right? It's not uncommon for someone to hear uh, uh, that, that voice inside their head saying, where do you think you're going? Yeah. You think you're you think you're good enough to be mm-hmm. out on your own? You need us, right? Yeah. And whether that's the experience, the physical distance between maybe a place that something negative happened and some of those really bad events happened or mm-hmm. if it's maybe a toxic relationship that you just can't let go of. You know it's unhealthy, you know it's not helping you but you're just so in love with the person because of all of that you've been through. You're like, how do I let go of that love and that connection when I know it's bad? Well, first you have to cut contact. You've got to create physical distance and give yourself that time and separation to be able to heal for a while. You know what we used to do too? And, and I would highly recommend you guys do this. And if you do, please photograph before and after and post it to Addict to Athletes Facebook pages and social media. Mm -hmm. But we would actually have them create that distance by writing an attribute of something they want to leave behind on their shoe. Get the old Sharpie marker, Mm -hmm. write like self-doubt on their shoe, and then go for the run. What yeah. happens after 3.2 miles? Yeah, you w- you look wear at it, it again. Off. It's I've wearing d- away. Yep, I've done it for my rec therapy groups as we go hiking. You know, as part of our goal towards what where we're headed is what are some things you want to let go of and write it on your shoe. Wear yeah. that out and and keep moving away from it. We also the the symbolic 
aspects of this are, are, are big. You know, we have in the past had the athletes grab a little stone or a little rock, mm-hmm. write something they wanted to leave behind. Yeah. They'd go on there running. At the furthest point, they'd you know put it on the rock pile. Yeah. With the, but it's that resistance training mm-hmm. of carrying it the entire race or that hike or whatever. Yeah, you know, there were times when we'd take these, these folks out for you know, these excursions and whatnot. And I remember one time doing a rec therapy challenge with you and you said, all right, I want everybody to go grab a rock. Mm-hmm. And there was one guy oh, yeah. who one. went out and grabbed the <laughs> biggest boulder yeah. he could find. Yep. And then he's like, you got to carry it all the way up to the top of this. Yeah. Do you remember? And he's like, just kidding. And he's like, just I'm kidding. Like, like no, you it's yours. It. You can do it. And he did it. And it meant a whole lot more to him, I believe, than mm-hmm. the ones that grabbed some tiny little rock. Yeah. Because it had real depth to it had real purpose Mm -hmm. absolutely so creating distance isn't just leaving the pain and stuff behind Mm -hmm. there's also a lot of symbolic things you can do to put yourself on a path you know that's why he says you know we're not running away from addiction we're running towards sobriety yeah and and, and we do get a bad rap for that sometimes people don't understand the principles behind that but we we count miles not days of sobriety yeah and it's about putting that distance between you and the person you used to be i'm thousands and thousands of miles away from my addiction yeah you know what i'm saying yeah and so, i, I, like I believe it's it's not erasing the memory because that memory will be there but it's trying to create that distance you know if it's a person yeah you're gonna get on there and you're gonna delete their phone phone number maybe unfriend them on facebook it you know, if you're looking at new sobriety and like, how do I let go of some of that past? Mm-hmm. It may be deleting all of those social media accounts. And I know some yeah. people stay off social media for good. And other people are like, oh, there's places, you know, addict athlete, we do tons on social media and on mm-hmm. Facebook to connect. So maybe it's creating a new delete, delete the old and create a full new account where you intentionally with purpose. You know, mm-hmm. with purpose, follow certain pages, join certain groups and add certain friends and others you let go of and give yourself, you know, get rid of pictures, get rid of, you know, anything that's going to connect you to that person, try to maybe trigger that memory or that person to pull you back into what you're trying to move forward from. Yeah, I, you, you, I'm not going to add anything to that because you're absolutely right. The distance. I like this next attribute. We'll call it number three. Mm-hmm. This is stay in your lane, which is do your own work, right? Like yeah. focus on your own stuff. Time when you think you. about a person who caused some kind of pain or discomfort or issue, you bring yourself back to the present as fast as you can because focusing on what you, what you are, who you are now, mm-hmm. doesn't give that person that harmed you the power anymore. Yeah. You know, you bring them forward and give them all of this power uh, you know, you're you're just allowing yourself to be continually caught in their yeah. snare, right? Yeah. So doing your own work, staying in your lane means that you're not trying to rescue and save the world. Yeah. It you're means, doing yeah, you. You may need to look into therapy, into counseling, into support groups, into, you know, connecting with, with friends that are helpful and supportive. Yeah, and that's not as easy as it sounds because, you know, there's times that I've noticed, and more often than not, people that struggle with addictions have huge hearts. Yeah. And they are typically the junior therapists, junior counselors to their friends and families and associates. Yeah. And so when we are so preoccupied with everybody else, we forget about ourselves. We give mm-hmm. all we can to everyone around us and we leave nothing in the tank for ourselves. It'd be like running an ultra marathon and with, you know, you know, 
15, 16, 20 miles to go, yeah. giving all your water and food to other people so they can finish. Yeah. You'd never make it. No. You know? You have to still take care of yourself. You have to have sufficient for your needs as well. And so, so be mindful of how much you're doing for other people. Yep. Focus you know? on yourself. Get, yeah. Get, get, get your work done mm-hmm. and then offer that hand of, of assistance, you know? Yeah. Um, number four. Be mindful. Practice that mindfulness. Be in the moment. You know, the more you can bring focus to that present moment, the current time, Mm -hmm. you don't have to slide all the way back to the how things used to be. Yeah. This is where you're not going, oh, how it used to be or the fear of the past or going back there, but not fearing the future just right now. You know, obviously looking at goals and where you want to be is helpful, but it can be really distracting as well. So we're focusing on the here and now mm-hmm. for a while. Like, yeah. where am I at? How am I feeling? What can I do now to help me feel okay? Well, this is a big deal because when I, you know, just a couple, well, month or so ago, when I found out that my family was having issues and my mom was in the in hospice and, and all that, um, there was a part of me that was like, man, this is going to be awkward. I, I delayed yeah. kind of going over that there. anxiety builds as yeah. you... Think about what is going to happen, what could happen. Basing you know. a, a current and present, I, I guess, uh, experience with everything from the past. Mm-hmm. And I was getting caught in that. And I had to seriously take a little bit of a knee and be like, all right, what's important right now? Yeah. What, you know, why am I, why am I freaking out and being anxiety ridden now? And I get very mindful of it, yeah. you know, and I had to very, be very, I, I guess, like, like, I guess, uh, what do you say? Like aware. strategic and aware yeah. of what I was going to do next, which sounds kind of dumb, mm-hmm. but it can happen to anybody for any reason. Yeah. You know, and a lot of people with high anxiety do it all the time. They're always trying to think of what's going to come. How can I control it? How can I change it? How can I be prepared? You can't always. And no. all that's going to do is increase your anxiety most of the time. So. Absolutely. And so, you know, this uh, the list that we're giving you guys does not have to just be in the you know production and avoidance of, of relapse, substance use. Mm-hmm. This could be relationships that oh, went astray. Sure. This could be, you know, problems that you've had in the past. It doesn't have to be just addiction related. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've, I've worked with a few people just recently that have been going through some pretty heavy divorces. And this mm-hmm. is all the same thing. Practice mindfulness, you know. You know, this, this next one, you know, number five, you know, be kind to yourself. Yeah. You know, be gentle. Be, be patient. Be with patient yourself. with yourself, right? Yeah. If your first response is to is to you know not being able to let go of a painful situation, and you start criticizing yourself, then you're going to think it and then become it. Yeah. You right? have to be compassionate with yourself and understanding. Um, this kind of goes along with that next one in being allow yourself to feel those emotions that's part of being gentle with yourself is being able to allow those emotions to come you know and whether that is an experience or a person you're trying to get away from you're going to go through the stages of grief and -hmm. there's five stages of grief the first one is denial and then anger and bargaining then depression and then acceptance but again the stages of grief isn't a step it's not consistent no there's no time frame for each of those you can be angry and then go to denial and then go to depression and then go to bargaining and go back to anger yeah Yeah. and it can be all over the place and that's okay i I recently had a friend whose husband um tragically and suddenly passed away of a heart attack in october and 
she posts in a Facebook group that we have, and you can see her in her posts going through these, all of them different. Like, if I had only done this, if I had only done that, maybe he'd still be here. And then why did he leave me so soon? Or I'm so mad that he treated me this way when he was here. And then all of a sudden she's depressed and I should have done this. You know, I was horrible. I mean, it's been hard to watch her go through that. Mm -hmm. But no, it is not a common straight away no you know then she'll go through days where it's like she you could tell she's getting to that acceptance and she's trying to see the good and be grateful for the experiences and then she'll go backwards and that's okay yeah allow yourself to feel those emotions when and how and if they come yeah and again those two kind of go together right because mm -hmm. you do that by being gentle with yourself yeah you know so if you're feeling the fear of like a negative emotion that's causing you to want to avoid or or just not face or what you know or you know, back mm -hmm. down from it um find out the why you know be okay with that that process of of grief i yeah. think it's interesting there's no time limit on those things no so many people when they lose someone uh, unexpectedly or tragically yeah um th everyone else's life goes on yeah and it's like they feel you feel like your life your world has stopped absolutely it doesn't even have to be a death it could be a divorce it could yeah. be anything it right? could be that yeah you need to get away from this toxic relationship you know logically you know that it doesn't make sense that it's unhealthy but you get away you get that distance and then all of a sudden you start just feeling those that grief and yep. that no it's not really over and oh if i did this and he does this and then you even start fantasizing in the future about how it could be and it could get better and it could do this and it could change and and that's not super healthy either yeah or you allow it to create anger yeah. and you know and revenge right and there's there's all those things so so yeah let those feelings pass through you. Mm -hmm. Don't try to avoid them. If you try to avoid or suppress one of these, what happens? It comes out somewhere else. It comes out in the wash, doesn't it? Yeah. I love that. It does. And it's going to leak out at a time and a place where you don't want it to. Yeah. You know, you may be standoffish and you may not trust or, or, or feel like you can love again. And you'll, you know, you'll, you'll grow up alone. Yeah. Or you'll be so like, like just devastated that you won't trust. I mean, you, I think sometimes we, f we forget that feeling is an essential part to the healing process. Yeah. You got to feel the heal, right? Absolutely. And I like this next one, number seven. We have to understand that we may never be able to get an apology out of someone that's done us wrong. Yeah. Except that they the may not ever may apologize. Not. And I think that's part of that letting go of the fantasy. Yeah. Sometimes we just want what we think could have been or should be or what is that ideal or even... If it's a child struggling with addiction, you know their potential. Mm -hmm. You know how good they could be. Yeah. And you just think, oh, why can't they live up to that? Why can't they do that? And you've got to let go of that idealist view and look at what is here, what is now. And so yeah. i hoping that so-and-so that so will you know, come back and just feel so horribly and apologize for everything they did. You have to let that go. Again, that is something they control, not you. And right here, all these steps, we're looking at things we can do individually to con to control and to change. And you can't control anyone else's behavior or what they're going to do. So yeah. you have to be able to let that go. And what can you do? Well, do you remember that was the mountaintop that I was trying to climb with my relationship with my own mom? Mm -hmm. Remember that, that day that I was on the phone with her, 
I, I kept saying, I want you to apologize. I want you to take accountability. Yeah. And she wouldn't do it, remember? Well, she just kept def- yeah. deflecting to something else. Yeah, that was like, what, 21, 22, 20 and a half years ago. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And she just kept doing it. I'm like, I, I'm like you owe me an apology. And she wouldn't give it to me. I remember being so mad. So mad. Uh, and I didn't realize this concept that they may never apologize. Yeah. You know? And it's not up to us if they do. It's up to them. Exactly. We cannot say, I'll be happy when, I'll be okay if, if that this other person, person understands apologizes. how bad they've hurt me and they yes. apologize for it, then they can take then ownership of it. They'll understand it and I can get over this. I can get over it when. Wouldn't you say that if you were at that level demanding an apology for someone that may never come, that when it does come, it doesn't feel like validating at all? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, because yeah. when you know, seven years later, after that phone call hung up, when we were just completely off the grid from her, yeah, there was a letter that came in the mail, and it said, you know, like yeah, some about a, forgiveness. A, sh- a short. Yeah, it yeah. didn't say anything about apologizing, but yeah, it was like right. forgiveness. That was her attempt to apologize, and I remember it was just like a meh. Yeah. You know, because I didn't need it at that now well, anymore. Well, and you but, had also been expecting and wanting a big. I am so sorry for what I put you through. And she... I wanted the scene from Ralphie when he when he's thinking about when his mom washed his mouth out with soap in the Christmas story. Uh-huh. And he comes back, you know, and they're like, why are you blind? <laughs> oh, he's little... like, the soap. They're like, we're sorry. We're so... I yeah. love that scene that's because that's exactly scene. what I wanted. Yeah. That's how we visualize <laughs> never you know, everyone else's way. apology and, and pain they feel for what they put us through. Yep. But again, that's not the apology he got in the movie either. No. You know, and if you're really set... You're often setting yourself up to fail by thinking of how that fantasy of what their apology is going to look like. You can't do that because it's up to them. It's not up to you. Yeah. And they are their own person. and They get their own choices as well. Absolutely. Well, well, through that process comes this next stage right here, which is, you know, give yourself self-care. Yeah. Engage in it. Promote it. You know, find it. Caring for yourself. When we're hurting, we often feel like there's nothing out there but hurt. Yeah. You know, um, I, I think if, if we're in that mindset of like all, all relationships, all experiences are going to hurt, that's like, uh, that's just like a, a fear of, of building relationships, of moving forward, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, self-care is kind of hard because do we feel like we deserve it? Do we feel like, you know, do we know what we want? Yeah. And I think that's... This is the important time where, you know, the rec therapist in me comes out because I'm like, this is the time where you start looking at hobbies, activities, um, things you want to learn. This is where you go sign yourself up for an art class, a photography class, something to get yourself into an industry, something yes. to become and a part of. Yeah, it's starting to learn and grow and build yourself, finding things you're interested in, things you like. This is when people really do get into that artistic piece or that physical piece and they want to start exercising and working out. Whatever it is, try lots of different things. That's going to help you let go of that as well is by building up what are you going to do in your free time if it is a relationship you're getting away from you've probably been with them 24 7 Mm -hmm. and it's an unhealthy thing well what are you going to do now to fill that time and start creating and start doing but it's by finding some hobbies finding some activities and things that you have always wanted to learn have always wanted to know and and try it you know i i love that i love that a lot because 
Self-care is, is one of these things that we neglect often, mm-hmm. or we talk ourselves out of, right? Yeah. So and talking, a lot of, you think a lot, I don't deserve it. I don't have enough yeah. time. I should be doing A, B, and C first. Yeah. Yeah. There's always things we should be doing. Our toilets need to be cleaned, but we're yeah. doing a podcast right now. So, absolutely. you know, you have to be able to prioritize. And, and I like that, but I also think that this is a, a deeper mindset on what you're looking for. I was navigating through social media and seeing some posts on some other recovery programs. And there's this one, there's this one that really kind of like, I'm like, man, uh, last time I engaged in something like this, it caused a big ruffle of feathers. And I'm like, okay, this isn't my platform. I'll just let this one slide. But it said, mm-hmm. the post said um, something to the tune of, you know, um, your recovery is not yours. It's rented and every day rent is due. And I'm like, holy freaking scary. So for the rest of my life, I just have to pay, 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 pay. Yeah. And I'm like, that's not how I see it. So I did, I did the opposite post on Addict to Athletes webpage. Yeah. I said this, I said, athletes, as you approach the week ahead, start doing what's necessary, then do what's possible. And by this time next week, you'll be doing the impossible. Yeah. Why in the world would we would we want to be typecast into this negative paradigm of like, no matter how hard you try, no matter how long, yeah. you'll always have this this bony hand reaching out of the ground like this a zombie catching you, you, and you better slap it away every day. Why yeah. would we want to default that to that? That is not taking care of yourself. Yeah. That's a fear-based mentality. Yeah, which I, I don't think is really helpful. It I might help so. some people. But no, well, I guess everyone's motivated by something, right? Yeah. But again, if you look at it like this is what I enjoy doing, this is what I like doing, and it helps me feel better every day. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I get more motivation, I get more energy by it. That's where you that's go. That's where you go because of, you know, how you're fulfilling yourself. I like that. I like that a lot. Well, you know, the number nine is talking about what we talk about all the time. You are the average of your five people. Surround yourself with people that boost you. you up lift you up, yep. feel your cup, right? Yep. Um, how important is this? Extremely important. You know, if you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So surround yourself with people that you want to be like. You know, you, you're going to look for attributes in others that you admire, that you wish that you could develop, and you will be able to develop those things by being around those type of people. Yeah, it just—it's inevitable. You know, I've been—I've been spending a little too much time on 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 TikTok, and I've been watching <laughs> the absolute like stupidity and crumbling of society that happens there. And I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, what are we doing? What's society coming to? And it's all these weird things that people are getting on their soapboxes and stuff. And it's—it's it's kind of a crazy thing. And I'm thinking. Who are you surrounding yourself with to make you believe some of this stuff or to make you feel like this is okay to say or to do? Um, It's hard because when you're early in recovery, the last thing you want to do is try to build new relationships. It's not easy. No. You know, like I said this before, when we were kids or when we had our kids that were younger, we'd go to a park and let them play on the playground. And Mm -hmm. if a kid come up to one of our youngsters and they're about the same height, they were friends. Yeah, absolutely. I remember coming home from a someday at the park and all of our kids be like oh you were playing with that kid oh yeah my friend and i'd say yeah what's her name i don't know yeah but they're friends you know they have similar interests they 
easily open up to each other. They're vulnerable and they just become friends and yeah. start playing without even knowing their name. Absolutely. We don't do that as adults. The frontal mm-hmm. lobe has developed and that yep. fear's kicked in. And what if I don't we get accepted? Or... Too much protection mode. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And so this ourselves. is a hard one, specifically when you're reinventing it and leaving the past behind, right? Mm-hmm. So I would say I'd recommend you know, a few things, you know, get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Go meet these people. You know, Team Active Athlete, that's what I love about it is there's just so many diverse people. Yeah. Right? We have ultra marathon runners. We have the beautiful people that walk. Yep. And we have everything in between. And then we have people that hate running and people that like cycling. We have people yeah. that like mountain climbing that hate mountain biking. I and mean, there's so many different things. Yeah. Everyone so has surround yourself with people that boost you up, not tear you down. It's a big one. Absolutely. This is a fun one too. Number 10. Allow yeah. yourself the platform to talk about it. Yeah. Talk about the past. Yeah. Not war story. Yeah. When you're struggling with, you know, pain and things, memories, give yourself permission to like share and find people you can open up to. And if that needs to be a paid professional and a therapist, absolutely. If it can be a friend, go for it. You know, if it's outside in the mountains and you just want to scream it to the world, do that. So be it. Give yourself permission to talk about it and let out that pain. You know, it's part of that grieving process. Why do you think so much of of, uh, what happened to us in the past um, gets locked away for no one to ever see or or be exposed to? What do you think it is that's like so, I guess, nerve-wracking why people won't allow other people in to not talk about Um, it, right? Yeah. Protection, I I mean, or fear, judgment. Judgment, absolutely. And, you know, like they're going to think I'm this or they're going to think I'm that and I want to present in a certain way and, you know, so I wear masks to cover it. I remember when I was up at the University of Utah and it was the first time we ever had to do our genogram. Mm -hmm. And for those that don't know what a genogram is, it's a it's a paper and there's symbols that represent. It's kind of like a family tree. Yeah, kind of a family tree. Symbols that represent male and female. And basically, you plot this out like a family tree, mm-hmm. and you describe your family. But then you add in um, personality <clears throat> things. Yeah. And So I was doing this, and uh, I, re- <laughs> I remember I was like one of the first ones to do it. And so I'm drawing mine, mm-hmm. and mine starts with this you know, square, circle, male, female, mom, dad, mm-hmm. you know, grand- grandparents, whatever. And then also mine starts just going all the way right, like yeah. all the way right, because it was divorce. Marriage, divorce, marriage, yeah, divorce, marriage. Family members marrying other family members after divorce, and I'd never written it down and seen it like that, but it changed. It changed me mm-hmm. because as I was doing this, and I was, I was like, you know, writing this up there, and I turn around look at look at the class. They they were all like jaw open, yeah, like yeah. what in Bur- the name of Jerry eyes. Springer? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was it was kind of a liberating thing. That day, I was able to to explain something that I wasn't really even that aware of, of how much chaos in that circle cycle of addiction. How did you do that when you noticed <clears throat> the response that the class was giving of that, oh my gosh, what is this? And recognizing that my family is so different from everyone else. Yeah, you know, for me, it was it was the intrigue. It was it was the trust that the class gave me to. Mm-hmm. It was the the questions that they asked that were very... 
um, no, like like uh, not threatening. Yeah. They were very open and kind concerned. And, and then it was the validation of like, look at where you were. Beverly Rose, she was the one that was up there mm-hmm. teaching. She's great. I think she works at Sir Lodge or something. Yeah. But uh, I remember her saying, look at where you are now because of all that. And it was one of the neatest things to give myself permission to talk about it. This was after therapy, early in our in our marriage, yeah. and you know when dealing with that painful feelings of the past, um, it's important to have permission to talk about it. Yeah, you know, and I see I see so many it's, relationships where they just don't. Yeah, that's you know jumping back to that resistance training. When you talk <clears throat> about it, that is letting go. It emotionally, it physically, it has a full sense to be of self to be able to let that go by speaking it right as you hold it in you know we say the secrets keep keep us sick Mm -hmm. and they really do as you share that and share it other people are going to connect that's how you build relationships because other people go oh my gosh i can understand where he's coming from i've never wanted to share that about my family but my family's somewhat similar and then after every time you share your story people come up and go holy crap oh my gosh i can understand i can relate and they want Mm -hmm. to talk to you because they feel that connection through your expression exactly so you know this just happened to me when i was you know again with my mom just a couple weeks ago uh when she was on hospice and it was crazy because in the middle of all this chaos which was you know family gathering back together this was like my brother came out Mm -hmm. my sisters i haven't seen any of these guys for years you know it was like six years yeah six years before you know that the wedding back then but uh here we all are standing in this room with my mom who's on hospice looking like she could go at any minute and all of a sudden one of the siblings pipes in and says hey, there's some family secrets. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, really? And she's like, yeah, your biological dad, the dad that you think you had, which I don't really know him that well, obviously. Mm-hmm. But she's like, that that wasn't your dad That's at all. This dad. is a whole nother person. And all of a sudden, she's like... But it wasn't like, even that. It was like, there's two people it could be. It could be. So now... Oh so now gosh. as I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, okay, where is Jerry Springer, right? Yeah. But I'm thinking... Okay, you obviously want permission to talk about this. And so she did. She gave me the whole story. And then, like, Mom, she needs to tell you. She wants to let, you know, set you free of this. And I'm just like, set you free. I don't need any of this, right? Yeah. But it, it, it floods in from give yourself that, that ability and platform to talk about it yeah. to this next one, which is give permission to yourself to forgive, yeah. right? Allow yourself to forgive. And as, you, as they were describing this, this potential other father that could be my biological dad. I'm thinking I am so far away from any of that. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, you know, I forgive all of that because I have other things to be focusing on. I have my own family. So no matter what you guys are telling me, it doesn't move the needle here. Not at all. It doesn't even register. All you're doing is creating chaos for chaos's sake. Yeah. But it was important to them. And yeah. so I'm like, all right. And before I even left, I felt that line of forgiveness. I'm like, I don't really care. I'm okay. But giving like yourself... I need to let this go? Yeah. Yeah, this is confusing. And this came out of left field. Left field. But looking at what your priorities were and are, mm-hmm. you know, what is important to you, your family, your life, it, does this really affect it? Does it change it? Doesn't move the needle. Not really from where you are now. And so that was an easier way, an easier forgiveness. There's others that are much harder. But mm-hmm. I think focusing on where you are, where you want to be, makes it so much easier to be able to forgive and let go of that past. And yeah. if we don't, 
it really is going to slow down that process. Well, that's what this whole conversation is about. It's about letting go of the past mm-hmm. and not allowing the past to dictate your future. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and for me, I'm thinking, consider the source, right? Yeah. Because I don't really care. And then, I, like I said, I got some validation through a family friend. Yeah. You know, we talked about that. Lana came over mm-hmm. and she, she knew our family very well. Yeah. And I got a lot of validation there. But I also didn't allow it to sink into the point where it was going to offend me. Yeah. You know, because I'm like, all right, even if this was the case, it doesn't matter to me. I'm still in the same boat I was rowing before. Yeah. Right. You still have this, a dad you didn't know. This new really. dad is not going to be a bazillionaire that's been waiting for me to come take over the throne. Right. <laughs> Maybe we yeah. should find it. <laughs> so I'm like, whatever. I'm like, it, you know, I, I forgive them for bringing it up. And, you know, it's just it's one of those things where if you take it personal and you bring it on board. It's just going to traumatize you again. And it's going to remind you of the past. Yeah. And forgiveness is, you know, we've talked about that before. We have a podcast on it. Go back mm-hmm. and listen. It's not something, there's not a timetable on it as well. Nope. And it's not something you're required to do at a certain point. And if you haven't done it by a year, then whatever. It's going to be up to you. And it's going to be an individual choice, an individual decision. And you know, but just recognizing that it's not going to help you move forward. If you're really wanting to move forward and let go of some of those things in the past, then looking at how you can be forgiving mm-hmm. is the best thing for you because it's, it really is holding on to something is, is hurting you. And right. if they've already hurt you or you've had these hurtful experiences or traumatic past holding on to it is only hurting you. It's not going to hurt them. They're well, not gonna... it gives it, it gives that, that great excuse that you can be a, a substance user, mm-hmm. that you can have an addiction and that you can find ways to avoid reality. Yeah. You can, you can work every day of your life only to come home and hide behind a beer. Yeah. That but, addiction is still going to be that cover. Absolutely. You know, and for me, I, I wanted a different brand of happiness. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to stay stuck back there, you know, and, and, it wasn't until really my adulthood when mm-hmm. the frontal lobe finally developed that I felt like I could talk about the past, yeah. right? And the neat thing is, is it, it, now I can use it as a metaphor of, of growth and change and use it as energy to continue that momentum. I don't use it as an anchor. I have yeah. great excuses yeah. to be a world-class drug addict. I truly do. Yeah. But that's all Most they are, right? Most yeah. people do. Most yeah. people do. Yeah, they all do. And that comes along with the secondary gain. Mm-hmm. You're using that addiction as your secondary gain to be a victim to of hold addiction. On to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being a victim of addiction, I think, uh, is, is is you holding on to what was and and just, you know, making that your future. I don't think that's, you know, very healthy at all. And the last and final one, something that we we promote quite a bit, um, seek professional help if needed. Yeah. Right. I think a lot of times our team and, and our coaches and our captains can help, but there might be a certain point where if you're struggling to let go of all of that pain in your past, um, maybe it's time to seek some professional help. I help yeah. the athletes on Team Addict to Athlete with EMDR as they run. Yeah. Uh, past trauma. With past trauma and all that kind of stuff. Um, or else the addiction cycle will continue. You'll teach this to your kids. They'll be constantly afraid that mom or dad's going to you know, get back into treatment or back into jail or, you know, heaven forbid, pass away. Mm-hmm. And that cycle continues. Yeah, I have an example of that. Um, I read a post the other day. Um, you know, there's a mom in recovery and one of the her race and replace things is to chew on pebbled ice which i love too and 
anyway, when she gets more stressed, obviously you need more. And she was like, okay, taking her younger kids. We've got to go. I need to go get some more ice. And he was just, son was like, no, I'm done. I'm frustrated. I'm mad. And she freaked out and yelled, we either go get it or I'm going to drink. I'll go get alcohol. And he Mm. was just like, you know, just snap back. Well, go ahead, go drink, die. Right. I go ahead. I want you to. And, oh, that's, you know, a stab in the heart. But um, the notes to me as I'm reading this too, her husband has recent, her ex recently passed away due due to alcohol. This is a young child who is still traumatized, severely traumatized. He just lost his dad. Mom's traumatized. And mom is, and mom's now threatening to harm herself with what killed dad. And yeah. now she's been sober for a so while. So what she's saying is this is a healthy coping skill. Yeah. If you don't come with me to get this, then it's going to be an unhealthy coping skill. Yeah. And and really that's putting him in a hostage yeah. place. Yeah. You know, you do it or he doesn't want to go, but he also doesn't want to lose his mom. It's a it's yeah. a lose lose for him. So then he throws back, Go ahead, drink. Go ahead. I want you to die. You know? And where does that put mom in this shame and guilt? And then he runs away. She's going to apologize. She goes, you know, to give him a hug and he elbows back, you know, to get get his space and punches, you know, elbows her blood, bloodies her nose, you know, painful, a a painful situation, awful experience for both of them. But I just ache for this kid because he's in a situation he can't change. Yeah. He doesn't have control. Mm -mm. And, Mom does. And, and should. And should. And you're the adult. So I hope she listens to this podcast. It's the same thing like on the, the Butterfly Circus, the very beginning mm-hmm. where Menendez is at the, the freak show, yeah. right? If you haven't seen it, YouTube. And as they open the curtain to the limbless man, yeah. he says, you are magnificent, and leans in and he gets spit on. And what yeah. does he say? Oh, no problem. Well, I, I guess, guess I, I got, got a little too close. too close. Yeah. That's all mom should have said. I know it sucked and it was probably like intense that minute, but like. And it would felt good for her to give him that hug and say, kind of like, please forgive me. I'm so sorry I yeah. said that. But he's like, no, not right now. Yeah. It's, it's too soon. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing, right? All right. I'm sorry. I got too close. Yeah. So what do you do? Do you call the cops, have the kid arrested? No. You look at your own actions. Yeah. yeah and you say, man, I've got bigger issues than chewing ice. I and, better go get some professional And some help. of this means, yeah. He's going to need some extra help. I'm going to need some extra help. And as you know, maybe financially that can be dangerous and that can be difficult. But what is more important? Right. You have to make the sacrifice for what you know is more important. These attributes need to be, I think, practiced because we have a whole generation of kids who have lost primary caregivers to opiates. And we have kids that are really growing young. up without, yeah, without parents. Yeah. And as much as grandparents want to step in in family, it doesn't replace the feeling and the yearning for the biological parent. Mm-hmm. If we don't teach this in all of our affairs, mm-hmm. you know, if we don't teach this and practice this and emulate it so they can watch and see, we're going to have another pandemic of dysfunctional adults who yeah. can't attach, who have you know, problems with love, who yeah. are, you know, just waiting for, you know, the yeah. abandonment. They can't have that secure and trusting relationship. Yeah, we got to be careful because there's a whole generation of kids right now that are getting into, you know, elementary school, yeah. junior high, yeah. who will soon be adults. And again, you cannot be continuing to go through life, whether it's sobriety or just dealing with past <clears throat> trauma, white knuckling it. White no. knuckling it doesn't 
only goes so far. Trying to avoid it. Yes. Yep. And suppress. you always had the resources you needed to use or get what you wanted when you were doing something, you know, negative. Well, sometimes that means that you're going to need to sacrifice a little bit to get that professional help if needed. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know. And you know, you know, the the takeaway, you know, letting go of the past. It's going to sting. It's going to hurt. It's like having the bandage on the wound and Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's all dried up and crusty and you got to undo it. It's going to, it's going to hurt. Your wound's infected. It's infected and it's started to heal and you're going to have to scrape that off and clean it up. Scrub it and clean it off. Because you have to get down deep to get, to get real true healing. It takes practice. It takes focus. It takes dedication. But eventually, you'll celebrate a victory as you cross that that finish line of success. Mm-hmm. And what do you do? You repeat the process. I think that's the beautiful part of it all is you know, is you you rinse and repeat, right? Yeah. So you know, listeners, I hope this has helped a little bit about yeah. letting go and moving forward instead of having one foot in the past. Yeah. We talk about this a lot about the theory of of, of you know the middle, right? Mm-hmm. We're all walking to the horizon. All of us. All of us. Um, and as we're walking, we're never going to get there because every time we hit the, the horizon, it, it changes. Yeah. But what we can do is stop and look back at how far we've come. Uh-huh. Not go back in and mingle in it, yeah. but to look back and see, I overcome this and I overcome that. Yeah. Now look how far I am. And that's part of it is you're not erasing the memories. They're going to be there. Yeah. But you're trying to work through some of the intense emotion that's tied to it so that you can keep moving forward and that you don't have that big tire holding and pulling you back absolutely that's what it's all about and so athletes i want to give a special thanks and shout out to all of you thank you for this for listening uh share this podcast with anybody that may be struggling maybe you have someone that fits some of these categories that needs to hear it go for a long drive and just oh look what i have and just put it in there right please subscribe to our podcast so that you know when new ones come up we're doing you know three or four a week. We mm-hmm. have the Agents of Recovery podcast. Subscribe, leave us a review so we know it helps wh- a lot. if it's helping, if if you like it, we want to know who is listening. Absolutely. And I want to give a special shout out and thanks to all of our Patreon subscribers. You guys are making this possible. You just got a bonus episode today yes. about the stages of love. It's a it's a good one. That's I highly great. recommend listening to it with with yeah. your, your significant other. Yep. It's or great to understand relationships and with children and even friends as yeah well. absolutely and so all those who participate with patreon you're making this possible for us to make it our full-time experience this is what we want to do for you to create programs to help people heal from addiction not just recover yep. but in order to do that we need your help so yes. i want to give a special shout out and thanks to our super fans they are jerem thurston holly davy scott foster Coach Chris Williams, Brett Frew, Chelsea Elson, Antonio Dominic, who's fairly new. I like this man. And of course, the Warrior Within podcast and and personal development with Sensei KP. Yes. Thank you, all of our super fans. You guys are rock stars. Our rookies, thank you so much. Josh Hansen, Kenny Roseman, Earl Dyer, and Joe Jackson. You guys are phenomenal yes, thank you guys absolutely we appreciate it can't give josh enough love i'm telling you our pro level subscribers thank you so much selena armitage and gary thurston yes you, thank you special Dad. place in my heart for both of those <laughs> and selena and of course our championship level subscribers these guys have dedicated a lot to team addict to athlete yeah. i want to give a special shout out and thanks to the robison family shad and freya and mm-hmm. all those amazing kids yep and of course, Ron and D. Loesch. Thank you uh, we so, so much. We couldn't do it without you guys. And 
If you know somebody that you think could benefit from those bonus episodes, it's only the lowest tier is $2 a month and you get all the bonus all the episodes. Bonus. Yeah. The higher tiers give you extra stuff, but if you just want the bonus, 2 bucks a month. Yeah, absolutely. Get so so really, there's up. no reason not to. There's a yeah. tier for, for everyone out there. So. Go to patreon.com forward slash addict T-O athlete. Yep, or follow the link below. Anyway, thank you so much, Radio Ronan, Josh Chandler, Spencer, and of course, Jimmy Chunga, for all that you do for Team Addict to Athlete. Radio Ronan, great podcasting family. Sensei KP is in there, yep. right? Yep, Absolutely. There. Go listen to The Warrior Within. And athletes, until next time, go turn that mess of addiction into the message of sobriety.